I V M. Folks, welcome to Pesa Vesa. I'm your host Anubam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is a super duper special. We are starting the new year on a massive note. This is the Scam 1992 special. I'm thrilled to have Samir Nair, CEO, Applause Entertainment, the team behind the absolutely brilliant web series Scam 1992, the Harshad Mehta story. If you're wondering what's a web TV series doing on Pesa Vesa, I say, huh, why not? Also, guys, the 1992 Harshad Mehta scam changed lives of people on Talal Street. Probably beyond that, also, it changed the regulation of stocks. Everything changed after that. A lot of regulation, stock market regulation that you see today, a lot of fund managers that you see today, analysts, whoever it is, from Talal Street are actually from that era. And I know, folks, that of course that was a very different era for you guys, and maybe some of you, most of you, will not even. Know it because half of India's population was born after 1991. So hey, if you've not already watched Scam 1992, I recommend that you do so straight away. Now back to my guest, Samir. Welcome to my Pesa Pesa Band. This is a fanboy moment. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Really thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much, Anupam. I'm excited to be here. You know, the show has done really well, and I'm happy to meet people who you know liked it, enjoyed it, and really sort of you know, feel so highly about it. So it's entirely my pleasure. Thank you, massive fanboy. So, Sabhi, see, let's start with this. Okay, this series break rules. Okay, I can think of four rules that I think it's just totally broken. Okay, first, this is a period saga. Okay, and it's got serious attention to detail. The local lingo, you know, the way Harshad Mehta says "lala," the BSE trading ring, that Lexus, man, that Lexus. None of that comes cheap. Okay, so first, second, no big stars at all. Okay, third. The topic itself, stock markets, okay, and fourth, a scam that half of India doesn't even remember. Like I said, you know, half of India's population wasn't even, you know, wasn't even there that time. They were all born after 1991. So, how did you pull this off here? What was your thinking? You know, or is is it like your lead character says, "Risk se ishq tha apko"? Well, actually, in a way, that is true. Ki the lead character, as he says all through the series, ki risk hai to ishq hai. And uh, I think a lot of what applause has done in the last three years has been operating on the principle that we have risk and we have reward. Um, so that's what we do. We go out there and we make shows, we create content, and then we sort of license it to platforms in the hope that platforms and audiences and everyone likes it. We've had a pretty good run, and Scam has been uh, honestly the icing on the cake. So we're really excited. Um, to your four points, uh, one, it's a period piece, which is fine because it's not so much of a period piece; it's still within living memory. It's only 30 years ago. Um, you know, it is just before liberalisation sort of broke through. Um, it is a period that has been widely covered in Indian media and in the media in the Indian working circles. Um, and importantly, I think Harshad Mehta as a character was a supremely colourful and sort of you know really out there, you know, larger than life character. So even though India is, you know, like we say that you no, know, it 70% of India is below the age of 30. Uh, the fact of the matter is that that seventy percent of India has got parents or family who have been touched by Harshad Mehta, who may have heard about him shortly after. Also, the story lasted from his point of view. While the scam may have happened in ninety one, ninety two, he actually passed away in two thousand and one, and his sort of yeah, legacy, in a way, lives on through other people who sort of emulated his, you know, sort of scamming ways. So you know, it's not like with him the. The scamming ended, so there were many others who sort of, you know, took a leaf out of his book and proceeded to do the exact same thing. So 
So I think in that sense, the story has been alive. The cases have been going on. So I think the last of the cases got settled in 2018 or 19. So you're still reading about this stuff. And here's the stuff of legends. So everyone in the finance circles, everyone in the business circles, they all talk about him, right? So I'm sure younger people have also heard of the famous guy, right? So I mean, so that was, um, it's a story that I've been wanting to tell for a long time. Um, you know, I wanted to do this in 2012, but at that time it was only TV. It was not something we could do. Um, so when the opportunity arose at applause, when I set up applause and we said that, listen, what series are we going to do? I met this old colleague and friend, Sharik Patel, who's currently the CEO of Z Studios. And he had come and met me and I told him, listen, let's make scam, Harshad Mehta's story. Let's buy the book from Sucheta and then let's go ahead and do that. So that's what we did. Actually, Sharik is the one who went and approached Sucheta and got us the book. Uh, we acquired the book rights. By that time, I was signing up Hansel Mehta um, as a director for something. Unclear what it was for. And after we signed him up, I told him, listen, I have this book. And he said, oh, I'd love to do this. Anyway, I've spent my entire life trying to you know, respond to this question. My name is Hansel Mehta. And people say Harshad Mehta. And I say, no, Hansel Mehta. So, you know, it's a story I want to tell too. And so it sort of came together from there. Um, and uh, yes, obviously, it's a period in time, you know, in India, when you talk about attention to detail, um, there are lots of details that have gone into it. And obviously, the team has done a fantastic job with it, um, with both from production design and from filming, cinematography, um, you know, all those little, little things. But one of the most standout things for me, which you don't notice in the show, uh, is because we've taken care to about that is that, you know, this is happens in a period just before cable satellite television exploded in India, right? The right. outstanding feature of Bombay today or anywhere today is cables across roads, buildings, treetops, parapets, you know, wherever you look in Bombay, you will see cables. Um, and this was a period just before that happened, right? And if you see the show, you never see any cables, right? You don't do yeah. it. It's very minor. It's not a big deal. It's not supposed to draw attention to itself. But like that, there are so many small, small things in it. You know, the BSC ring, uh, the way the people dress, the way they talk. You, you've got the chai wala for God's sake, man. I see office was opposite BSC. So I know that, you know, it was Dwarka, that hotel. People, you, every jobber, you know, with that coat, curb hours. Everybody used to be out there having tea. Actually, the, Super. Team, the team did fantastic research. They spent time, the writing team, Sumit, Saurabh, Hansal, Priya from my team. Um, everybody has spent time with Sucheta on their own, doing a lot of research, trying to sort of validate. We had a couple of advisors. Um, you know, a friend of mine, Dharmesh Mehta, who works in Access Capital. Access, of course, yeah, yeah. Damn Capital. He has given us, you know, a lot of inputs into, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. Um, so there's been a lot of, you know, inputs into the time and the period. And obviously, Sucheta's book is, you know, quite detailed in that sense. Um, so yes, we did that. We got the Lexus. It was hard to find a Lexus because, you know, that <laughs> Lexus is barely available. So we got one. I don't think it really moves or you know, drives around very well, but it's a, uh, it's, I think right down to the registration number also, no? I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah, of course. It must have been down to the correct yeah, registration yeah. number. So, so I think uh, in that sense, and when you say about the stars, see, the thing is that it would not be right to say that unknown people, uh, Pati Gandhi actually is an extremely successful and notable actor in the Gujarati circuit, in Gujarati theater and Gujarati film. He's done a lot of work. He's just not known to the larger mainstream Hindi audience, right? Um, but and now no one will forget him. Uh, no one will forget him and rightfully so, you know, because it is that big moment. I think when Hansel first suggested his name and said that, listen, let's go with him. Um, we sort of went along with that because 
the sense was always that we had to get a proper Gujarati flavor to this, right? So there are two things in this. One is the entire cast around it, you know, everyone around Pratik and everyone around it, they speak with a very authentic Gujarati twang, right? Which is very important because it's not acting. You got to feel it. You know, the way and Pratik genuinely owned this role like a boss, right? So like, even if you've seen Harshad Mehta's photo, then if you know who Harshad Mehta is, and if you've been there or not there, within the first five, 10 minutes of the show, he is Harshad Mehta. And then after that, he takes you all the way to a 10-hour journey. And you never ever stop to think, but he's not as fat as Harshad. Because there's nothing to think about that. He's got that, you know, the zeitgeist and that, you know, that sort of energy and that megalomania of Harshad completely. So I think, I think Shreya Dhanvantri is again, not a, not an unknown actor. She's done work. She was in Family Man. She was in Cheat India. You know, they, they, she's done work. She's been a model, all of that. I think because it came together so well, because we had such an ensemble, wonderful ensemble cast with, you know, done by Mukesh Aura, that the, all the different parts came together. And that happens once in a way. You know, see, we set out, we make so many shows. And, you know, all shows are well-made. Nobody sets out to make a bad show. Uh, but once in a way, some show really comes together magically. You know, everything falls together. The music is so fantastic. You know, um, all the details. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was, I guess, when we were making it, it was a risk mm. in that sense. Because obviously, you know, exactly the four points you said, period piece, Arshad Mehta, unknown story, not so famous people, you know, like a financial story. You know, India doesn't even watch these kind of things. Uh, but I guess in hindsight, you know, this is also validation of the audience that we think the audience is dumb or we think the audience is not, you know, smart enough to get what we're trying to say. But that's not true, right? Everybody saw it. Everybody, different age groups, different demographics, you know, not just many people, you know, younger people have seen it, um, you know, all sorts of gender, age, demographic, psychographic. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Sabir, I mean, I'm I'm really a big fan of Pratik Gandhi. I remember that after I finished watching it and I put it, you know, I just put a tweet out there saying that who is Pratik Gandhi? The kind of replies I got, my God. So if Pratik is listening to this, hats off. Fantastic job. And same for Shreya also. Fantastic job. Okay, Sabir, let's talk about memories now. Hmm. So I'm guessing you would have either been in your early or late 20s at that point of time, 91, 92, just before liberalization happened. Or, you know, that we know right. Dr. Manmohan Singh Ji's speech at that point of time. What are your favorite memories from that era? You know, do you recall the mood then with your friends, families? What was it? I college and it was crazy. What's your, your memories from that era? So I had actually just started working. I had spent two years working in Bombay between 87 and 89 where I was in Yellow Pages. And then I had gone back to Chennai where I was working in an advertising agency, Goldwire, and making ad films and documentaries. So in that period, basically 87 to about 91, 92, I was between Bombay and Chennai uh, doing first Yellow Pages and then in Goldwire. Um, at that time, I mean, while I didn't know so much directly about, you know, I'm not in the finance business. So I was really not you know, so clued into this whole markets and all of that stuff. But I remember one very distinctive thing is that one of the issues of India today, probably in 1990, right, had one Ganesh Chaturthi coverage, you know, and I can never forget that. And it stayed with me for a long time that they showed a picture of one of the Ganesh Pandals in Bombay which had a murti of Harshad Mehta. 
Are you serious? Yeah, and and you know, oh, I, remember, wow. I remember reading that. I had come to Bombay for some film shoot or something, and I remember seeing that India Today and reading that, and it was like amazing. I mean, there was actually one sort of a you know like one sort of a you know a statue of Harshad Mehta as part of the pandal, and this guy Harshad Mehta is you know they had you know the big bullet. Of course, everyone had heard of it because it's you know widely covered in the papers and all of that stuff. And I tend to read a lot. So I had read a lot about him. I had heard of him. We had all heard of the Madhuli house. We had heard of that, you know, the putting green that he had there. You know, at that time, we hear about a house which is 15,000 square feet. It's like, what are you talking about? No, most of us had, like, you know, if you were lucky, we had 1,000 square feet, you know. And so we are all regular middle class people, right? So that one image sort of always stayed with me, you know, that this one story which said that, you know, the sort of, this guy, Harshad Mehta, represents the energy of new India and, you know, all of that. Then, of course, you know, this Rajiv Gandhi assassination happened. Narasimha Rao became prime minister. Manmohan Singh came and created liberalization. And then sort of India took off. In many ways, um, you know, and I think whatever Harshad was doing, but India took off after that, right? In 91, 92. So I think my memories of that, I mean, I, I you know, in 2008, when finally the you know, the Great Recession happened and the world sort of came to a stop. I used to always tell people that, you know, like a generation of Indians has grown up from 91 onwards and has never known what is to not get a raise every year, to not get an increment every year, you know, because it's been just 17 years of growth, you know, just growing, 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 growing. India as a country just kept growing. We never had any stops, no study. It was just a growing economy till 2008, where the first sort of thing happened. So I think, yeah, it was exciting times, you know, it was exciting times. It's crazy here. I mean, I was doing my CA and I remember roaming around Araman Point at that point. I saw that Lexus. I, mean, I saw that damn thing. Anyway, so I want to go back to one thing that you said in the first question, right? That the show's got a wild response from across generations. I'll make this, you know, I can tell you from my house itself. My mom uh, was an SP, you know, she she was an SBI career employee. She retired somewhere in uh, in 2008. She was watching this series. I mean, she asked me, I, I actually bought a fire stick. Because she's more of a DTH person. I had to install that and she loved it. I loved it. Wish I had a kid, you know, who was old old enough to enjoy that. But tell us here, why, you know, I, I can figure why my mom loved it, why I, I loved it. What is it with kids today? Why does the current generation love these series? Because there are memes everywhere. Man, you've got all the big statements. They become memes. They become dialogues. What's your read of that? Well, you know what? See, there are two parts to the story. One part, of course, is that it is a financial story. It is about a very famous crime that was committed at that time uh, by a very colorful character, um, you know, who is sort of part of our, you know, cultural sort of zeitgeist, part of our cultural history, if you will, right? So that is one part. The other part is in the manner in which we have chosen to tell the story, right? So the story also has been told. So there is just one story, obviously, and then the manner in which it's been told, which is an extremely uh, motivating rags to riches kind of story. In a sense, this is Divar, right? This is Amitabh Bachchan. He's your angry young man. He's coming up from nowhere. He's breaking the law. He's bending the law. As he says, right, that I'll sign, but I'll not sign before I'll sign, and I'll not sign alone. So in many days, his head was that, listen, everyone is breaking the law. Why shouldn't I? Right? The second thing was that I am going to now move at rapid speed. I'm going to achieve things very quickly. I'm not going to be wasting around. I'm not going to go at the Hindu rate of growth. I'm not going to do those kind of things. I'm not going to be a, I'm not a believer. I'm an atheist. You know, I don't believe in astrology. I don't believe in Shani, Vani, nothing. I'm like a dude. You know, this is, this is the character. 
So in many ways, I think what happened is that from a story point of view, even if you don't know the finance and even if you don't know the history, it's just an incredibly interesting story. You know, the rise and fall of a character is very, very interesting. And that's exactly how it plays out. Then along that, you've got a whole, I mean, it's a story well told. You know, you've got wonderful characters. You've got great memorable dialogues. This guy has got the swag. He's got the Bachchan swag through and through, you know, that walking into places and being confident. Another thing is that, see, the one important thing is that Pratik in the show, and we never tried also, is that he speaks a very, very regular Indian English, right? He does not, it, there's no attempt to speak English in any kind of accented manner. And that is another thing which really resonates because that is how we all speak. Right. So you, you feel really good when a guy coming off from nowhere, right, is rising up the ranks and finally, you know, like doing deals with Bankam and Greenlays and Citibank and, and then beating them at their own game and learning golf. And, oh. It's like, it's like, it's, what a it's every man. Was that scene from, from the book, the golf scene? Wow, it was a solid scene. Yeah. Was it from the book? I mean, it's in, in the book in the sense that there are various references in books which we have chosen uh, to imagine. Uh, so a lot of this is uh, also imagined. Uh, scenes and scenarios, you know, so it is a, yeah. it's a dramatization of events, not necessarily authentic, accurate events, you know, so like, you know, the, I mean, many of those things are imagined as to how they could have possibly played out. But I think that yeah, is what okay. resonated with everyone. It's amazing. And I mean, that what you said about the outsider breaking into the club, the way you guys showed it, that this is a local guy from Ghatkopar who is now gone into the foreign bank space. And all those three of them, I think there was, I mean, you got Nikhil Duvedi back. I don't know where he's been, why he's not acting. He should act more. Uh, and you had, I think, uh, Kenneth out there yeah. as one. And then I don't know who was Tiago because I couldn't recognize him. So all these three guys as foreign bankers versus this one guy, that entire antagonist setup was something. Else. And I have to tell you one thing, Samir, okay, whoever your advisor was or whoever gave you the idea, okay, to silently put in these three characters working with Manu Mundra, as he's called <laughs> them. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, what, I'm, course, what, I'm, what, what I'm going to say, because there's a YouTube clip identifying the quote-unquote the R gang, okay? <laughs> First R, Raju the Chartist. Right. Second R, RKD, the legendary Radha Krishnan ji. And third, of course, the guy who we love, I mean, the colorful Rocky J, Rakesh Jr. Who's Whose idea was that? I have to ask him. It, what a tribute. Not, what a tribute. It's not, like, it's not so much like an idea as much as, you know, huh. in a sense, you know, obviously paying tribute, in a sense, you know, color, time stamping everything. See, there are lots of things wow. in this, you know, like in the show, uh, if you see it again and again, a couple of times, you'll find a lot of clues, a lot of time stamps, a lot of, you know, like mentions are done as people are talking, you know, what is happening, what is not. So some things you get, some things you don't. So if you get it good, and if you don't, there's no problem. It does not come in the way of the story or the storytelling, right? So if you pick up some of the references like how you have, that's wonderful. And if you haven't, it still doesn't make a difference, right? Because it's still, it's still the same story. Uh, definitely worth thinking, right? So we're going to just go into a small break. On the other side, when we come back, we're going to talk about the relation, you know, a lot of things that have to do with money, okay? Because this is, after all, the Pesa Vesa podcast. So we'll bring all of that in. My guest, Samir Nair, CEO, Applause Entertainment. Guys, this is the Scam 1992 special. And welcome back to this really special Pesa Vesa special. Man, I almost said Scam. This is Scam 1992, but okay, it is in fact Scam 1992. 
हर्षद मेहता स्टोरी स्पेशल माइक गेस्ट समीर नायर सीईओ अपलॉज एंटरटेनमेंट द गाइस हू बॉट यू दिस फैंटास्टिक सीरीज सो समीर हाउ डू थिंक आर रिलेशनशिप विद मनी हैज चेंज ओके यू रिमेंबर दैट जनरेशन वेरी वेल uh people living in an india that was still very close there weren't so many job opportunities and now i think india's as free a market as it can get in your view how do you think our relationship with money has changed from that generation you could probably say our generation to today well you know what when we were growing up um you know obviously we are talking about a pre liberalization era we're talking about a pre mobile phone pre internet uh era in that sense no foreign goods really just a few things um so you're growing up at a time which was a much in a sense a much simpler time if you remember the phrase in the in language in spoken words in in definitely in cinema is to have a thing ki wo bada jana mana aadmi hai right and see the two words it was jana mana right it was not amir right there was never so the person the aim in life used to be to be known and to be respected right and that is to be the referencing that i have grown up hearing all the time you know jana jana mana kalakar jana mana gayak you know that way um so i think we all grew up in an age which was you know simpler uh, where there were obviously rich people and poor people and all of that was there but i don't think the divide was as much in the sense that when we were growing up we all went and bought gola shoes uh, we all went to the same you know the ice cream parlor there was not so much differentiation right there were no malls there were no fancy foreign stores there was the one car you could get the ambassador the fiat or the maruti that arrived you know it was just that from 1991 onwards with liberalization obviously the economy opened up and you know sort of everything changed because you know uh, india made rapid progress and i guess in the rapid progress what happened is that the rich poor divide expanded it became greater you know because you know obviously as the middle class swelled and we went from whatever 50 million middle class to now 500 million middle class that's been a spectacular growth of middle class but in that context we've also got that many poor people that much divide we actually have a version of which is called lower middle class middle class and upper middle class then you go to rich and then you go to wealthy so you know like i mean there are lots of variations so i think our relationship with money really as a society has become a more of a meritocracy more of a you know it is like how the chinese said that you know to be rich is glorious and i think india in many ways is you know grown up in that manner what's happening now is that there seems to be a sort of a play that maybe it's not so glorious to be rich right we seem to be getting again a backlash about this thing that oh people are successful and you know outsider insider nepotism all that kind of nonsense but the fact of the matter is that you know the only sort of ism that has survived in the last century and really prospered has been capitalism right everything else has been a sort of a failing model capitalism is the one that has really you know sort of built us up so i think you know our relationship with uh work with the economy with money um you know in the words of you no know, lord krishna is to be a karma yogi right so if you have to be a you should be a karma yogi you should get out there and do stuff is what i think advice with money i have to ask you that because as someone who would have handled a very tight budget and still done all of this and now is you know seeing the success as someone um who's built a lot of great content delivered you know what would be your advice on the money side for our listeners well honestly um see it would be really my advice but advice that i have heard received or read um so there are two stories i'll tell you one is a story that comes from charlie chaplin uh, charlie chaplin when he was younger days you know he was like uh, really poor um he was in one level you know he was orphaned for a bit because his mother went off 
you know, was put in an institution. His father had died. He lived in orphanages. Then he came out. Then he sort of you know started working at a very early age. So that sort of fear of you know poverty, of abandonment, of being an orphan, um, you know, created one real thing about money in his head. So what he did was right from the time he started earning, he would save fifty percent of the money. So whatever he earned, if he earned ten dollars, he would save five. If he earned a hundred, he would save fifty. And this is a habit that he kept with him his entire life, right? I I was really fascinated when I read that as a story, you know, coming out of the you no know, early nineteen fifteen, nineteen twenty kind of thing. Um, I've told my son that that you know that's great advice, and see if you can follow that. It's a big thing to do. The other one that struck me was you know what Warren Buffett said that if you spend money on buying things that you don't need, you will soon spend money. Uh, you will soon be selling things to buy what you do need. So, wow. you know, by the combination of that, I think our relationship with money and, you know, just in general, uh, should be a waste not, want not, uh, should be, a, you know, more of, uh, you know, just simplicity and austerity um, is is a view. That's, yeah, I mean, frugality, there, there, is, there is much to say about that. Um, so, do you get kids today saying that I want to be like Hashimata when I grow up because I have it. You know, uh, what What do you think are the aspirations of of kids today? You know, I the way I see it is stock markets now have become more of a salary based profession. People, if I am you know if I am a chartered accountant or they say if I am an IT, I am I probably want to become an investment banker and then go into stock markets. Versus Harshan Mehta, who was very clear that boss, I am here, I am going to break all the rules and I am going to make it big. How do you see but, this, you know, kids' aspirations? See, honestly, kids have got many, many role models today, right? Um, the Harshanatha story has come out and obviously it's a colorful character. In fact, in the manner it got told and the manner a lot of people have chosen to take it is that he's some sort of hero and the Sucheta Dalal character is a villain, right? Which is an unfortunate thing because it's completely the opposite. She is a firebrand journalist and she's the one who, you know, calls out this person and then proceeds to expose the crime and then, you know, wins the Padmishri for that. So actually, in a sense, he is not. But you know, much like how Divar is, you know, you think Vijay is a hero. Uh, that being said, I think people of today have many role models, right? It's not just Harshad Mehta. There is, you know, there is. There was Dhirubhai Ambani, there's Mukesh Ambani. There are so many people, you know. There are Dhoni, the sports star. You know, there are actors, Virat Kohli. You know, like all kinds of people. The entire IT gang. Um, that being said, um, I think what people want to do today, and some, maybe that's something that we ought to do in a show like Paisa Vesa, definitely I'd like to say that, is that the Indian public in general, and that is something that Harshad Mehta was doing, is that he was drawing the lay public into the stock market, right? Now, India is actually a very under-invested country. So when you look at the size of our population, and then if you look at the number of people who actually have or buy shares, whether directly or through mutual funds, is like 20-30%. You know, we should be taking this country into a 80% invested position, right? That is when this country will go through the roof. That is what America is. That's what the mature West is. You know, that the natural place to invest your money should be the stock market. Then everything else should come from there. In India, we do it the exact opposite. Now, stock market is considered risky or unknown or we really don't know. And we instead get into illiquid assets like gold and land and, you know, other things. So I think that as a thing, if that can happen, for a younger generation can be, you know, if they put money into the stock market, if everyone puts their money into the stock market, imagine what would happen to this market. And I think that is that is what he was trying to do. That's what many people have tried, but I think that should be a real, I mean, if you want to take India forward in the 21st century, that might be the, the sort of killer idea. 
It would be. I mean, and today, remember, we've got uh, uh, through SIP, we've got some three crore fo- folios, as it's called, for accounts. Right. Uh, and each of them puts in, I think, about two, two and a half thousand. And the number has gone down this year. And you've got like 7,000 plus 7,300. That's a billion dollars per month coming in just from that. So obviously, this itself can grow 10 times. Exactly. If I take and what that saying. itself is just a tip of the iceberg. Because even if you say that you've got three crore folios, I'm saying that can become 10, it can become 20, it can become 30. I mean, it can get up to a point till you reach a family size, right? So we can see that there are like, if in a population of 125 crore, you can get to technically at least 10 or 15 crore families who can give something or the other. You know, everyone invested in the business and it will keep growing. It will, yeah, it will. I totally agree with you on that. I mean, when so when in in ninety one ninety two, if you remember, the mutual fund stock market were a close club. Yeah, the retail guy would not get entry at all. So I, I think if what the way I see it is in the eighties, it was Dhirubhai Ambani who got the equity cult, and in the nineties, it, it was Hachar Mehta. Right. I think without these two guys, the bigger story would not have been. So and. Talking about story, last question now for you, Sami. You're a TV veteran. You know the pulse of the audience. In your view, and since you've made this awesome um, series around the scam, but ultimately it is about money. It's about Harshad Mehta. It's about what happened in that era. In your view, what stories around money do people want to know more about, to see more about? What do you think? But, you know, it's it's. The, I don't think there's any sort of clear formula to that. But I think the opportunity now in India, especially with this whole OTT business and with the streamers and the you know, TV tends to operate in a very linear manner. It's tonight at nine and it operates with, you know, we've built out the daily soap operas and sort of it's gone in that direction. Uh, but now with the streamers and with this ability to make 10 episodes, to make multiple seasons, to be able to watch when you want, resume when you want, all of that, I think it's really opened a... A amazing sort of opportunity to tell stories of all kinds. So, I mean, when you look at this whole finance business kind of space, I think there's an opportunity to tell stories of celebration. Um, you know, we have so many successful business people in this country, so many successful business houses in this country. You have, it's not just the scams, you know, because then it's the one thing is, you know, everyone likes a scandalous story, right? So, you know, that's what you want to do. That's why half the time people are watching news channels today because they're just watching the, the scandalousness of it all. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like junk food. But there is opportunity to tell genuinely good stories, both good and bad, uh, both celebratory and expose, um, you know, of all kinds of aspects of our, you know, of our business community. I don't think that the Indian business community, whether in literature or in cinema or in now series, has been actually covered. You know, I mean, we may have done like a you know, you can count it on one hand, you know, the number of stories that may have been made in a in an authentic manner on, mm-hmm. on you know, sort of the working class, the business class, the, you know, the inventor, scientist, that variety class. We don't do that. You know, we we just, our version, you know, we, we love to say, right, India's gods are gods created movies. <laughs> it's, it's a pity that, you know, the movie business and therefore all the offshoots of the creative business don't make many more gods. And maybe gods with feet of clay. Who knows? I'm hoping that you can break the rules. Yeah, look at uh, so Wall Street. Uh, Oliver Stone's Wall Street was 1987. Okay. America, to be fair, has also had an equity culture and a business. Yeah, absolutely. years before that. You know, we got yeah, independence yeah. in 47 and then spent you know, 30, 40 years in socialism. Then came into a version yeah. of capitalism. So, I mean. And then, of course, still, there is the whole thing. Yeah, we can be easy on us. But I'm thinking now is the time. <laughs> 
No, no, it is. Yeah, because come on. The one thing that I loved about this, Samir, was the fact that you put this across and you use real names. Right. Okay. So you've got that. All the stocks were real names. And my first thought was, dude, this guy must have got hajar lawsuits on him and all that. But that didn't happen. No. You think, uh, I, I, I really hope that changes because I, and you would know this better than me. The one thing that stops creators to make stories about business legends in India is this sensitivity lawsuit kar dega, ye karega. What, what, what do you do? Do you think that's a factor? Now? No, it is a factor because, you know, at the end of the day, we, of course, were not doing it based on a book. We were doing it on a period of time. That's a little in the past. Um, oftentimes when you're telling stories, everyone wants to be presented in the best possible way. So it's a boring airbrushed version. Um, <laughs> you know, that does not obviously make for an interesting story, but even when you're trying to tell a celebratory story, uh, every, every great story has got, difficulty, it has got wrinkles, has got a past, right? Now, the inability to tell a past and just to present the best possible version of it then becomes like a boring, you know, this guy is the greatest in the world kind of story, which then audiences don't like to see. So, I mean, all of these come into play. So, I guess, but we are growing up as an audience, we are growing up as a country, I think we are maturing, we are able to, you know, sort of say it as it is, take it as it is. Um, So, I think this will only, it will only keep growing. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think about it, that succession was among what? I mean, it won a ton of Emmys. It was hugely popular out there. And that happened, what, last year? And it's supposedly based, I think, I'm not sure, probably on Rupert Paddock. Or, but it's, or again, see, succession is a fictional story. Uh, it is supposedly uh-huh. based. So that is really, you know, you know, you can choose to, I mean, and you should do things like that. I mean, that is also a thing. There are some real stories. There are some fictional stories. There are all kinds of things to do. I mean, it's it's all of this, Susna, and the art of the storytelling, right? It is that, you know, you've got to be able to tell a story. You've got to be able to cut really close to the bone. Uh, you must not, you know, create a lot of bloodshed and bloodletting. And uh, people, people must not mind, you know. I mean, that all comes in the art of doing it. Yeah. And talking about stories, let's wrap this up with the stories that are coming up next from applause. I mean, what's up next? I'm really waiting to watch them. What do you have for us in the next few, whatever, weeks? Well, in this new year? the most exciting one coming up now is really in two days' time. Today is the 22nd on 24th, uh, Criminal Justice Season 2. Oh, Really on Hot Town. It's got Pankaj yeah. Party and, and Anupur Goenka and Kirti Kulari. So that's like a big one for us. Uh, then we are currently filming, just finished filming a show called Call My Agent, which is a dramedy based in the talent management business um, of okay. Bollywood. Um, so that's like a really funny show. It's being directed by Shah Dali. Um, we are currently shooting in interior Madhya Pradesh in the Chambals, what we call our spaghetti western. It is our McKenna's gold meets, uh, you know, it's our McKenna's gold in the Chambal, if you will. And that is currently being shot in uh, in Madhya Pradesh. It's being directed by Inivas. And it mm. headlines uh, Divian. I haven't heard of Inivas for a long time. Well, even Inivas directed our, our series, Your Honor, which came on Sony Live. Oh, okay. And uh, now he's directing this. And this headlines uh, Divyendu, who's Munna from Mirza. Are, of and Chalki Pandey uh, as, a, as a pair of, you know, sort of mercenary bounty hunters. It's very funny. It's a really great show. Um, we've got, um, we are going to be shooting Fauda, uh, the Israeli show. We are shooting it in three in February, that is being uh, directed and showrun by Sudhir Mishra. Um, and so that happens in February. And we are going to do the British show Luther, um, which will go into shooting a little later in the year. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff mm-hmm. happening. You know, we've just finished oh, no, a show with Nikhil Advani's company called Kon Banegi Shikharwati, which headlines uh, Nasiruddin Shah and Lara Datta mm-hmm. and Soa Ali Khan and Kritika Kamra. And it's a really nice cast, very, very sort of, it's a family dramedy. Um, so yeah, I mean, good stuff is going on. I am waiting to watch all of that in the new year, Samir. And uh, any chance you could go and do a series on Ketan Parikh? Or... We are going to do the second season. I mean, we've now that we've created the Scam, Scam franchise and have got it going. Yeah. So we are going to yeah. do different stories. Uh, not necessarily that one, but there are other stories to be told. Uh, oh, there are plenty. Is, uh, you know, currently working at it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that will be... If the if the sets are still available for you out there, you've got what? You've got the plantation scam, you've got the NBFC scam, you've got CR Bansali. I mean, CR Bansali, if I remember it correctly. I mean, there are there are many such things. The question <laughs> is that you know to find the sort of the right story that genuinely will interest a larger audience. I mean, scams there are you no know, a gazillion scams, but you need something which you no know, sort of stands out and sort of captures the imagination from a storytelling point of view. See, we are not. We are not investigative journalists. We are entertainment storytellers, right? So the, yeah. the real job I, investigation is done by the, the real hard work is done by people like Sucheta and Devashish and all of that. Okay. It is and hats off to them. I mean, I, I, I can't, you know, you, I have to mention both of them, Sucheta Dalal and Devashish Basu. What a lovely pair on screen also, Shreya and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's just, just, just so awesome to see them that, that entire chemistry is there on screen. So, Samir, wishing you a very, very happy new year 2021. Looking forward to all the stories that you've got in in store for us. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Folks, that was Samir Nair, CEO, Applause Entertainment, the folks behind Scam 1992, the Harshad Mehta story. Do go and watch it. Samir, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anupam. Wish you all a happy new year and see you soon. Sure. Thank you very much. And if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IBM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You want to reach out to me, I'm P50 on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening to Vesa Vesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.